Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Minister Nisi of Real Talk Ministry, and welcome to my series four of five called Church PTSD. I have my notes. I'm ready to go. I'm going to start with a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for allowing me to be used of you to go over some of the things that can help build people up to go back to church, to see church in a different way, to see you when they go to church, if they've been hurt by church, if they've been traumatized by church, if they see things and heard things they were unsure of but didn't feel right in their spirit. Lord God, we ask that the words that I say come from you. As always, Lord, be a shield and protection and a guide, be the covering, be the leading and the guiding of continuing to guide me as I use your voice to speak to the people in your name jesus christ i pray we pray amen thank you for joining me on today for church ptsd series four of five and this series is called order of service yes i got my notes <laughs> so we just gonna dive into it um i do want to let you know that i am offering a free download book uh, called Emotionally Battered on my website. It's on realtalkministry.com and it is for a limited time. You may see it on Amazon now for 99 cents, but you don't have to purchase it there for the next couple of months. It should be available, I will say, until this is April, May, June, June 2023. It'll be free for download until June 2023. And then you can just purchase it through Amazon for 99 cents. I may make it free again down through the years. But um, go ahead and get started on reading things and listening to the Church PTSD series to help you get back into church, see church in a different way, and to start the healing of the things that church may have done to you. I also want to um, let you know, okay, we're winding down, reading my notes. And I want to go ahead and start with the intro which is the importance of the order of a service. And it is important to have order in service. I know for many of us who go to church all the time, there may be different ways that church may be structured. Every structured church may not be the best for you. There may be some who like to go and jump and shout and praise the Lord all the time. And they look for an active church. And there are some that may be like, we just come in, we sit down, we greet each other, and we just get talked to. Uh, there are some where we may just go in and we don't do anything but just hear the word and then eat, eat something and go home. Uh, there are many different ways you can come and, and commune with God and have fellowship with God with other people. One way and one standard is not better than the other. Everyone is different, so you have to kind of cater to, not even cater to, I won't say that, but you as the individual have to find that place that fits you because the way the service flows and the order of the service really determines um, how you connect with God, how you see God, and to receive God. It's important to know that when you go into the service and you go into the church, that you see God first, but it also has to be something that you can sit through. I understand that as individuals, we all are made and created differently. Even if we think on one and think on one thing and agree on one thing doesn't mean that our how we're being satisfied through Christ during a church service, we may not all feel the same way. So the topics of discussions are don't be fooled by pictures and videos of church services, order of service it is needed, who is in control of the service, 
God is in control of the services. And same service, same songs, same sermon. And service is you. And you make the service. Okay? So I'm going to go ahead and read my introduction to Don't Be Fooled by Pictures and Videos of Church Services. I said, back in the day, if you wanted to know if service was good, you went to the church. We didn't have videos. Word of, word of mouth. That was from those who were attending services made you want to see what was going on. When you got there, you either had a good service or you didn't see what you heard. <laughs> or you thought maybe it was just one of those days and you just continued to go back and forth to the service until you realized, you know what, I really do like the service. I really do like the church. This is where I want to be. Um, when I say don't be fooled by videos and pictures of church service, I'm a reference down below in the link my podcast video episode called called Wake Up Christians. It was a stop for some praise breaks. It was something I did uh, in August of last year where I brought up some things that can cause a distraction and can cause issues when you're looking or being a part of a service. The thing that is capturing people now is the fact that you want to see before you go. And I can understand that if you ever went through any church PTSD, and for those who are listening, you may see down in the link, the offering was the first church PTSD, but it also explained the intro to church PTSD. That was the first series. You can go back and reference that video if you want to catch up to what we're talking about today, what I'm talking about today. But back in the day, if service was good, you, you heard about it. You had enough people to say that our service is good, you need to come and sit and watch us uh, be a part of the congregation. Now we have more people judging through what they see through live stream. And I can honestly say, even me, I've been guilty that sometimes you can see things on live stream or you can see things that have been recorded on the video and be like, nah, that's out of pocket. I don't really understand what's going on in this service. But there's nothing like being in the church itself to experience the spirit being there and having an understanding of how it even got there. I have addressed in my Wake Up Christians Stop Forcing uh, Praise Breaks that a lot of times people just want to show the image of us having a good time at church. And that's a false reality of church. Churches now, like uh, the video shorts and stuff, are almost like trailers to a movie. We just give you a little bit of what's going on, and then hopefully you'll want to come out. And then when you get there, church in order of service of church is not just based on what you see. It's what you feel and how, and the order of service, like what you're going through while you're sitting there during the church service. A lot of times people use that as a gimmick or to try to pull you in to say, we are really having a good time over here and you need to come. But the good time is just probably that time they had a praise break that week. We can't attest that just because you're looking at what you see means that every week there's a good time or the people are cool or the service is straight or they have order when there's certain things taking place in the service. If they're polite with each other while they're running their service. I have witnessed and seen some people that, you know, even on videos, it could be for you or it could be against you where people can actually show their true colors, even if they were just mad for that moment or didn't know what to do in that moment. And it showed a negative light. And they could have been the best church in the world to want to attend, 
but because they showed a negative light in that moment and it went viral, now it's like they have no order, they have no structure. We have to be real careful not to be fooled by videos and pictures. We have to be careful that that just because you see a church that dance a lot means that they're the church that you should go to. When you go into a church, you need to be mindful that you're not going in just for the praise breaks. You got to go in for the worship too. You got to go in for the days where they just, nobody wanted to move and nobody wanted to do anything. The church service shouldn't be built upon the fact that I'm going now because I want to praise the Lord, but it should be because I also want to see him and meet him when I get there. So when you go into a church service because you saw something on the video, whether somebody was prophesying, there's been plenty of times and I've been a victim where people had prophesied on me and it was not true. But as uh, saints, in order to not look like we're the devil trying to rebuke somebody, we keep quiet, we pray, and we walk away. Sometimes we walk away with the embarrassment of, I didn't even get the opportunity to say, hey, that was not right. And they left people thinking like, oh, maybe she wasn't saying, maybe she did need to do something different for God. I have been prophesied on a lot in my life that did not come to pass and in front of people and that I didn't think was right. But in order to remain uh, as a faithful Christian <laughs> without having any chaos or confusion in the service, we keep quiet. Or the service doesn't show that every time that when you go in, just because you see a picture or a video of something happening, you don't know with these shorts and these clips what really is going on in the church service. So you need to be mindful. People, especially if you've been hurt by church people or hurt by church, period, and you really want to go back out there and you see something that just makes you want to feel good. Sometimes I would just go and say, hey, service looks amazing. Where's the preaching? I would like to see what even caused this praise break. It doesn't have to be a, a cause or an effect. It could be just because people felt good. But sometimes I want to see what the word of God is. I want to see the service. So the next one, the next topic is called order of service. It is needed. Now I'm going to read my notes. <laughs> the order of service isn't just you come into the church, hear a song and a prayer, force a worship or praise on people that don't want to do it. And then an offering and then the preacher. That is generally the order of service of any church. Um, you have someone come in, testify, come in. Many churches don't do testimony services anymore. Uh, many churches don't have deacons or devotional. They have praise team. And usually the praise team is the choir. Um, I'm not into churches having to entertain the congregation. I'm nowhere near into doing that. But I do feel like there has to be something to be offered. The order of service is also based on what to do when people are praying over you. There's more than one way to have an order of service. I can't go through the whole entire ways because there's many different facets because there's many different services to many different religions and they have church in many different ways. But I will say one of the things that were mentioned that has to do with the order of service that can happen in a lot of uh, Pentecostal, apostolic, projects, or churches that dances, it's Baptist now too, but churches that dances and praises a lot is that sometimes people want to get up and say, thus said the Lord. And sometimes it's more than one person. Uh, the order of service is also based on what to do when people are praying over someone, prophesying or speaking in tongues. 
And again, it will take too long to try to break down everything that it has to do with that. But I do want to point out some things that can cause a disruption or interruption in the service. If there is someone who's getting preyed on, I think people, leadership need to assign people to who should do altar call, who should work on who on the altar. What is the position of the ushers when there is an altar call? What do the leadership do? Who is going to stand up while the pastor is speaking to the people and encouraging the people? What leader is going to come down and, and work with them and make sure there's order and structure? A lot of times, especially in small churches, non-big churches, because it's very rare that they have altar call where they can lay hands on everybody, not because they don't want to, sometimes they will, but it's just because it's just too many people. And um, sometimes if the pastor is proud and greedy, they don't want anybody else to do it. But it's very nice to have a staff in place or some order or structure in place with your congregation so they'll know that if this person looks like they're getting in the spirit, usher comes. If this person looks like they're trying to get the Holy Ghost to get a deliverance, this person can come or the pastor will come or whoever he decides to put in charge of that. Because too many people on one person at the altar commanding spirits, demanding spirits to come out, uh, trying to get them the Holy Ghost and laying hands and speaking and yelling into that person's face and ears is not a good thing for that person who is trying to get saved, delivered, or just felt the spirit when they got prayed for. Churches need to understand that just because someone got prayed for and they feel the spirit doesn't mean they need the Holy Ghost, doesn't mean they're trying to get it, doesn't mean it's an opportunity for terror service. And it doesn't mean that they want to jump and shout. Sometimes they just want to release. They just need to cry it out. They need to just hear the Lord speak to them without people being in their face screaming and yelling. Get it. Got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. They will let you know when they have it. They will let you know. They will let you know when they have the Holy Ghost. They will let you know when they've been delivered. I've been in services where I know the whole church felt it, but until that person felt it, felt like they were sure in their spirit, it was not our place to say. Uh, I am, I am the type who was grow. I grew up. Let me stop stuttering. I grew up where if someone got the Holy Ghost, I don't care if I heard them speaking tongues. I don't care if I didn't hear them speaking tongues. It is their profession, and it's from their mouth to say. I don't care if the Lord said that person got the Holy Ghost. It is not my right to go to that person and say, hey, you got the Holy Ghost. No, let that person come to the knowledge of the Spirit and what they went through and accept what God is doing because it is a beautiful thing to accept that Spirit. And why would I rob somebody of that by telling them or making them feel like they need to confess it? Because when that fight starts, they're going to need to the Holy Spirit that they're confessing to work on their behalf and not someone else to continually hold their hand through the process. The order of service can mean so many things as I have stated, but there are sometimes people in position that should not be in position that can also mess up the order of service. Why? Because you put people in position that do not belong there and they think they have the authority to do things. And sometimes they, they thinking of the authority that they have, they do not. They don't know what they're doing. They haven't been taught. 
and they're not necessarily being led of the spirit. Sometimes they're being led by their feelings of what they think. Um, I believe that a person who is going to be working the altar has to be before the Lord 24-7. You can't play with people lives. And I know you say, Minister Nisi, 24-7, if you think you're going to be over someone and they need a deliverance, they need a touch, or they, they crying out, you need to know what to do in that moment, okay? You need to know what to do in that godly moment. And saints, I pray that you hear this, and I pray a change comes from this also. I, I have stated in the past that, you know, people can just take my words and take it to heart and make changes as needed, but I pray this change comes suddenly. Quit yelling in people's face. Quit yelling at them to get the spirit, in the Bible, these people weren't yelling and screaming to rebuke demons. They weren't yelling and screaming to uh, tear down walls so people could be delivered. The yelling in the face, the screaming in the face, the forcing things to come out of them without even even people in the audience knowing ain't nothing there. Be mindful that that person who was at the altar is an individual. It is a person. And whatever they're struggling with, and whatever they feeling, they need to hear God too. And if they can't get a connection with God, they need to hear one voice, not many. Okay? Um, I do want to address that sometimes people in that situation, when there's the Spirit of the Lord moving, the order of the service can quickly become out of order. When someone decides they want to be mic happy, they want to make sure that people knew that in that moment and in that time, the Lord was using them. So they are just taking the mic and saying and doing everything, okay? We don't need a hundred people on the microphone saying the same thing, okay? Or trying to get the crowd crunk or trying to make sure they know that they are the ones that God is using for that moment. Quit the competition. Understand that everybody has a spirit to be used of God, but you have to be used wisdom because being used of God and God being in the presence should not bring confusion, okay? Um, as an individual in the congregation, just because you have something to share doesn't mean you need to share. Be mindful and live by God. Even if I felt the Lord on me and I know he's like, this is what's going on. This is what needs to take place. Unless his hands come down and be like this <laughs> on my head, I'm not moving. I'm not moving because too much confusion caused chaos and chaos gives the opportunity for Satan to come in and to destroy the whole service. And that person who was praying, need deliverance, got prayed on or just in the spirit at the moment, it could totally just mess up everything for that person. It could mess up the communication they're trying to have with God. It could mess up them even just asking for forgiveness. You have to understand that just because you feel like the Lord is leading you to say something, you have to ask God, can I say it? And then, and I'm mostly talking to small churches because this is what happened in mostly small churches. You know, you can ask the leader, can you say this? Or just don't say it. Just pray that whatever it is gets across, gets across. Because a lot of times we feel and we know that the Lord is telling us stuff. And he's telling us in that moment and in that time. But we also have to be mindful that did he lead you to go and say it or to grab the mic or to ask permission to say something. That's totally different because you feel it means you may need to pray on that thing during that moment. 
But you grab the mic and start saying stuff and it's not the spirit of the Lord that he wanted you to say to the people or to, and it may not be the order, it kills and did the service and it does the spirit and it takes away from what God is trying to do in that moment. And not for just that person who's at the altar, but for the whole saints, the congregation as a whole. Okay. Another thing I wanted to mention is the first Corinthians. You can read it. 14, 20 through 33 speaks about the order of the church, prophesying, all those things. And I always read the KJV version, but of course you can read your own version, whatever is satisfying to you and helps you understand God a little better. Um, I want to see if I left anything out. I think that's it for the order of service. <laughs> we definitely need the order in service. But the order of service is not just always someone getting up and singing out of tune. Now they're out of order and nobody wants to sing. Order of service is not always because people don't want to get up and clap and jump and sing and run around with you. Uh, that's not necessarily the only order of service. It's going in and seeing something that you want done that is not being done. So now you're not satisfied so you can't get into the service. The order of service goes from when you walk in that door and what you bring in that door with you. And that goes into who's in control of the service. God is in control of the service. And I said, everything must be done by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit being in the service does not mean that the order is gone out the door. And that goes right back to the order of service when you have people laying hands and praying and feeling prophetic. Um, Whatever the Holy Spirit is doing, it's going to be done in decency and in order, okay? Even if God is speaking to everyone individually, he is not leaving everyone to do the same thing in the service at the same time. And what do I mean by that? If God is telling me over in the corner to pray for uh, whoever is at the altar and telling someone else in the corner to pray for someone at the altar, if he's saying, um, Minister Nisi, I need you to go lay hands, He's not going to have four or five people come up and lay hands. He don't need four or five people to go do anything. He only need one person at a time because people are looking and people will get confused. And you don't want that to be the distraction of the service where someone is spending most of their time not praying because they don't know what's going on trying to figure it out because you got so many people up front trying to do the work of the Lord. And the Lord is assigning that person to do the work. And if I'm going to lay hands on anybody, I am going to do it under the guidance of God. But I'm not going to do it without checking with the leaders, giving them a look, asking if it's okay. And people, even if that leader say no, you have to accept that even if you feel the spirit, that doesn't mean that leader is being mean or nasty or not acknowledging that you have a spirit. The Holy Spirit would be like, no, he just don't want you to. That's okay. For whatever reason, it don't matter. He'll still get the, God will still get the job done, even if he chooses someone else. But when it comes down to a group, a congregation, a fellowship in the middle of a church building service, or wherever it may be, leadership has to understand that they are not the, they may be the leading and guiding, but they're not the it all in all. And I'm not coming against leaders at all. They have a very important role for the church. They carry a lot and they definitely need our prayers. They need our guidance. They need 
the strength that we can give them that is needed for their lives and their families. But at the same time, whatever you present over the pulpit, it's gonna rep you're gonna see it through your congregation. If you present a way that is hurting people or not, or uh, if you're presenting things that is not coming across with understanding when there are certain things happening in order of service, your people are going to recognize and realize that, and you may be teaching it in a wrong way. I think sometimes when there's a service that happens and people thinking they're rebuking and people are prophesying and, and, and people are thinking they have to lay hands and you got everybody running around the church trying to do something on, in the name of Jesus, there should be a moment where when everything settles down, die down, again, I'm not saying that you have to get someone told and rebuke them in order to make any corrections or to teach your people what took place, why it took place, what to look for next time, what to pray on, what we should be doing as a congregation other than just saying, call on the name of Jesus. You know, it's like there's so many ways to teach people how to be when service is taking place, just like the disciples had to learn through fasting and praying was the only way they needed to um, call out the demon and the boy who was torturing himself. And the master, Jesus, had to teach them that. He didn't rebuke them in a way where it was like, okay, you were wrong because you couldn't do it. But he did tell them this comes by fasting and praying. You just can't walk up to someone and just be like, come out because you're with me. You got to have your power too. Okay, so the next one is called Same Service, Same Songs, and Same Sermon. Whew, Lord. <laughs> uh, you have to put effort in trying to engage the saints. A lot of times when you go into the church, you really do have to put effort in trying to engage the saints, especially if you're emceeing or you're doing the praise team or you're the speaker of the day. And like I said, I'm not into entertaining the saints. Saints should not come in expecting to be entertained. But you do have to give them something to move and for them to feel when you're worshiping, okay? You do want to present something. If you're going to have an order of service where you want people to come in and give God praise, because most people are going to come in wanting to give God praise, don't want to come in and worship. This is the time where they want to do it. And I know we've been taught, you don't have to do it at church, you can do it at home. But it's a different magnitude of feeling and love and warmth warmth and joy when it is done with a group of people so it is not just for those who are there every week you may have people who come in who visit that moment that day you may have people who may come in every so often because you know this is the church i go to when i'm coming from out of town or I don't go to church a lot, but um, because I don't go to church a lot, this is the church I would like to go to when I do go to church. You do want to give them something to look forward to. You don't want people to say to come into his gates with thanksgiving and praise, and then you don't give them opportunity to do that. Um, and if your church does that all the time, they want to praise and worship, um, you got to make sure that if your church and your congregation as the MC or the person who is in charge or have the mic that day you see so many people just trying their best to get people to move they'll be like jump up and down clap your hands turn your neighbors run around you know you're trying to get them active and moving and if they don't do that it's like what i said in my wake up christian start forcing praise breaks if they don't do it get it for yourself and move on i know i like i said in my um intro of my bio um 
I was a praise and worship leader. I'm not saying that I had that problem at all. Uh, I'm not, wasn't like the best singer and stuff, but I did what I could in order to move the service. And it is something that you're thinking you have to do. You have to make sure people dance and worship and, and feel God and set the atmosphere before the pastor comes up. And then after a while, you'll realize you can't force anybody to do anything. And when you do what you do and you do it through the glory of God, you make sure you yourself emceeing praise leaders or whoever. Just get it for yourself. If they catch on, they catch on. If they don't, you walk out of there knowing you made a connection and did what you need to do for God. Okay. And the last one is service is you. And you make the service. No one should ever feel they will have to make you or force you to give God praise. I believe you can give God praise without dancing and screaming. But it should be willingly on your part. You should want to give God praise. I don't feel you have to wait until someone is up before you to put you in the mood to set the atmosphere. And you have to show God yourself how great he is to you in your own way. I'm going to read Psalms 100, 1 through 5, which is the King James Version. King James Version. <laughs> and it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Okay. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to his name. I'm sorry. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endure to all generations. In my wake up Christian, I say, praise is your responsibility. It's not the praise team leader, the pastor, or your neighbor. It is yours. And that is so true. Praise is nobody's responsibility but yours. Okay? If you come in with your own praise, whatever that praise may be. I think some of the problems with the church when it comes to praise is that we never worship anyway. <laughs> we need to find a balance. Well, worship is present, present too. But when it comes to praise, people don't think church is church or church had a good time or there was a good time at church unless someone danced or unless the spirit of the Lord came in that's supposed to have moved and, and touched people. But sometimes people don't understand that a person can be moved and a person can be touched and they did not move their feet not one time. They did not jump. They did not run. They did not dance. They did not scream, but they felt the presence of the Lord and they was just as active in their way and what they were saying and how they were moving. Just as active as you were running around. Okay. Our eyes determine what is a praise, what is a good service, what is a bad service, what is good preaching, what is bad preaching. Our eyes don't need to determine that. Our spirit does. The Holy Spirit needs to determine that because we can go in criticizing and judging someone for sitting down and saying they didn't move all service. 
and they are probably sitting there waiting, waiting for the Lord to finally finish up, finishing, um, filling them up. And the minute they open their mouth, they begin to speak in tongues because we see someone not moving, not knowing that their stillness can be the voice of God speaking to them and giving them deliverance because they didn't go to the altar doesn't mean that they weren't sitting in their seat getting it. I said it before and I said it, I'll say it again. A lot of times in service, I will move, jump and run, you name it. Especially if the word of God is good. And then sometimes I'm not doing anything but sitting. And I'm just looking like I don't want to move. And nine times out of ten, I don't. Because when God is dealing with me and he's filling me and he's giving me words and he's telling me my next move, when he's pouring into me, I can't be running around. I got to listen. Or when the preacher is preaching, I don't care how good they are. My feet is not moving, not because everybody else's feet is moving and I should be moving too. It's because the Lord is now speaking to me and he's talking to me and I need his undivided attention and his only. So be mindful that order of services, the order of services that you may see that you go into, there may be different ways that the order of service may be taking place, but you got to know your position as the congregation on how you should act during certain things in order, during certain things that take place in a service. I'm going to read my last scripture, and it says, Matthew 18 and 19, KJV. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Together, we can destroy many things, especially if we agreed on the needs of the world and not just our own. When you go into your church service, don't forget that you're there for yourself. You may be there for your family. You may pray for your neighbors who are there with you, people that you know, your friends. But don't forget the world. Don't forget those that you work with. And not just because they're getting on your nerves <laughs> or they're being evil towards you. Don't forget them either because we are supposed to bless those who persecute us. But I, I want you to understand that when it comes down to the order of service, there's a lot of things that can take place. There's a lot of good things that can take place, and there are a lot of bad things that can take place. But if we keep Jesus foremost in the forefront, if we keep Jesus in the forefront, if you walk into a church door, if you open those doors, you walk into it. Your mind should be, Lord, what should this service be for me? And what do I need to do to receive your word? And then your mind should be, Lord, bless this service that it may be fruitful to everyone who hears and sees what is going on through your eyes that you have given us the vision to be here today. Church to a lot of people could be a waste of time because now they can just sit at home and watch it on live stream. A lot of people may be instructed to not even go into some church services because God is wanting to heal you and give you an understanding of what it is that you need to be healed from. So live streaming is not so bad. I'm not nitpicking it. I use it myself as I'm using it right now. I'm not live streaming, but I am re recording for video use so others could see. But when the Lord tells you to move in the service, make sure you're mindful of how you are moving and that it doesn't cause chaos. If you're a leader or a praise team leader over the church, 
do acknowledge and know that your position is to set the atmosphere, but your atmosphere needs to be set with you first. And if nobody wants to go there with you, go there by yourself and enjoy Jesus in the process. Also know that sometimes the same song, same sermon, cannot allow people to feel that they need to be there and that they have heard this before. And sometimes it can make them feel like they're not growing. But sometimes that sermon that may have been for that one person can be the same sermon said in such a way that maybe it's like watching a TV show or a movie. You saw it a thousand times, but you didn't realize that was there. You didn't realize that that part of the scene was there. Maybe your eyes was closed. Maybe uh, you stepped away for a moment because you were so used to the punchlines or you were so used to what was going to take place that now you had the opportunity to view something that you haven't seen before. So sometimes the same sermon is not bad. And I can't say what a preacher or pastor can bring before the people because they bring in what they feel the people need to hear and that the Lord laid on, on their heart to share. But I also will say that um, sometimes you have to look and listen to see what is it that is different. Because every scripture you read, you can read today and it can mean one thing. You could read it two or three years later and it could mean something totally different because it pertains to your life in a different way. You can believe, you can hear a scripture that says, I have the faith to believe that God is going to bless me and the faith decides I must be. And you can have everything in your hands. And then uh, the next day or a week later, you'll hear faith size of a must-see and you will really understand what that means. So I pray that everything that is being shared, I think it's probably going to be one of the shortest videos because we are winding it down. Please feel free to go visit the other three series of Church PTSD. Uh, I'll again go and visit my website, realtalkministry.com to download your free copy of Emotionally Battered, and check out my radio station. Every Friday night, I will have worship. So yes, every Friday night, there will be worship. And on Saturday and Sunday, there will be preaching and praise. But please listen to my radio station. Tell me what you think about it, what music you would like to hear. Um, and please pray for me as I gather everything together to get ready for my last series that will be coming two weeks after this one. And then I will let you know whatever else God has in store for Real Talk Ministry moving forward. So be mindful of what you hear. Ask God to prepare your heart to be healed so you can go back to church or see church or connect to him. So thank you for listening and God bless.